Listen, when it comes to money and relationships, don't let the social media noise fool or confuse you. There's a whole lot more that needs to be discussed outside of just how much the dates are going to cost. But what do I know? I cannot tell you. Please have a conversation about children. Have a conversation about children before you get married, before you get engaged. I tell my couples, talk about money and talk about children. That's it. Talk about money and talk about children. Yes. Right? Yes. Please. (laughs) So, So that you know and do not expect that you're convincing anybody to do something that they're telling you that they're not interested in. Mm, that's a word. This is But What Do I Know podcast with Chit Suzanne, a space for affirming, for learning, and for healing. A podcast and community where we're exploring our But What Do I Know moments in hopes that it helps you, the listener, overcome yours. You ready? Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the But What Do I Know podcast. I'm your host, Chit Suzanne, and I just want to welcome you all to yet another episode. It's Wednesday. We're back. So as usual, before we go any further, if this is your first time tuning in and listening to the podcast, thank you so much. Glad to have you here. I hope you enjoy this episode. You stick around and you binge some of our other episodes. And, you know, while you're binging the episodes, if you're enjoying what you hear, Please take the time to just leave us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts and a five-star rating on Spotify. You know, as creators, we're sort of trying to build our platforms and in a way fighting against algorithms as well. So it just helps to let the algorithms know, you know, hey, I'm enjoying this podcast. Please feed it to other potential listeners as well. So thank you for doing that. Also, if you haven't already, we are on YouTube now and we're going to be having the visuals for our main segment conversations on there. So if you're enjoying listening, but you also want to sort of see what I look like, what our guests look like, then, you know, make your way to the YouTube page. It's But What Do I Know podcast and you can watch, subscribe, leave some comments for us and uh, and all that good stuff. So that's that. Also, throughout March, I feel like our community has sort of grown a little bit. We've been featured in a couple of different streaming platforms, Apple, Amazon Music, a couple of podcast related newsletters. So if you found us through any of those sort of avenues that I just mentioned, welcome. I'm so happy. Stick around binge all the episodes, leave us comments, ratings, reviews, like enjoy. If there are any topics you want to hear covered, definitely let me know. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out ways to include it into this season as well. All right. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into our comment segment for our episode. All right, so this week for our clue segment, I'm gonna keep it short, light, so that we can get into our packed main segment. Uh, but there are just a few things that I need y'all to clue into this week. So first, Bel Air season two is back and has been back for a couple of weeks now. I am on 
season two, episode six. So yeah, the sixth episode just came out this past week and ooh, I'm enjoying it. Spoiler. <laughs> but um, yeah, we started off the season with Will, you know, not living with the Banks family and sort of trying to make his own way, trying to figure out the basketball thing, living with Jazz. And now he's back at the Banks household, you know, trying to figure things out, balancing school in Beverly Hills, D1 basketball team working hard, you know, relationship with the family and especially with his uncle and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. I feel like I'm sort of seeing the character development between like Will, Carlton, even Hillary and her relationship with Jazz, you know, sort of being tested right now. So yeah, I feel like it makes for a good TV um, on a Friday night. I enjoy it. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely enjoying the storyline. So go ahead and clue into Bel Air season two. All right, so shifting away from TV, we're going to get into some music. I have been listening to this artist for some time now. She's a local artist. Her name is Zen Soul. She's a local Toronto R&B artist. And her voice is so good. And y'all, I am manifesting having her on the podcast and just interviewing her because I really want to talk to her about her process and the way that she creates and the way that she makes the music that she makes. So this week, I want y'all to clue into her song called Love Island. It came out in uh, earlier this year in the month of March and it's smooth. It's very much neo soul. It gives me like, you know, school of Erica Badu type <laughs> type R&B. Um, it's smooth. Her vocals are very clean and crisp and it just takes you on a little bit of a ride. It's very common. So, you know, that's on all streaming platforms from Apple to Spotify. You have it. The song's on there. So go ahead and check out Zen Soul's Love Island. All right. So this week we do have a song of the week. I'm bringing it back. It's been a minute, but I'm excited to share this song because it's one that I discovered late last year sort of stepped away from and then rediscovered it earlier this year. So this week, our song of the week is I Need You by a group called Children of Zeus. Um, This group is just like, they're my vibe, like right in the pocket of music that I enjoy listening to, like that smooth R&B, even the rap sort of flows well with the melody and it's smooth. I could be driving to this and listening to it. I could be commuting, cleaning, like it's such a vibe. Um, so this is from their project Balance that came out in 2021. The song is called I Need You. So let's go ahead and you know, y'all need to hear this. So let's get right into it. <laughs> Tell you I need you. They came when they say young honey If you play games properly take came Yo, you ain't with a shot That day came and she cried out You with me or not It's heartbreaking, you a question I'm halfway to an obsession Cold night stress Head laying by your breast Praying I am blessed Saying I am rest I had to say you in my chest though And screaming from the rooftops Love letters handwritten in a shoebox no pressure when it's true love singing now Feeling like a summer breeze with road keys ringing Now my OGs feel me now Losing love, learning lifelong lessons Let it slide, don't let pride blood bless Take your time though, I'm right here forever with you Too proud to beg, too ashamed to assure you uh, Tell the world with these words I adore you I'm not afraid, I'm not ashamed Tell you I need you, baby To tell you I need you, yeah You was my own I knew this love was always meant, yeah 
All right, so that is I Need You by Children of Zeus. I love it. I love it. But yeah, y'all make sure to clue into Love Island by Zen Soul and I Need You by Children of Zeus this week. All right, so it's time for us to get into our main segment conversation for this episode. This conversation was inspired by a lot of vapid, empty conversations that I've just been seeing on the internet when it comes to money and relationships. And I just thought, you know what? But what do I know about this topic? But let's get someone that can help us break it down, understand the mindset behind the conversations that we're having and what healthy conversations surrounding money in relationships can look like. So let's go ahead and get into it. When I tell you all that I am excited for this main segment, that is honestly an understatement. Um, I have been wanting to have this conversation for a really long time, but I've been trying to find the right person to have this conversation with. Um, So I am really, really, really excited today. We are talking money and relationships, uh, romantic relationships to be specific. And today we have Asia Evans, who is a licensed mental health counselor and a financial therapist. And um, Asia, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for for being on. And uh, I can't wait to get into this. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Chid. I feel like it took us a while to get here, but we did it. We made it happen. So (laughs) I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, me too. So we're going to start off, you know, I always like to start off the conversation by asking my guests a little bit about their journey. So I want to know, you know, what your journey has been like navigating financial wellness Um, what made you sort of want to focus on this financial aspect of therapy and counseling? Like, how'd you sort of get here? Yeah. So I had decided very young that I wanted to be a therapist. So I went through all of the schooling, which is, um, four year degree, undergrad degree, my bachelor's, then got my master's in counseling psychology, worked full time for two years, then was able to get licensed as a licensed mental health counselor, as you mentioned before. And I was in the mental health industry and I had worked all over the industry. But at the time that there was a shift for me, it was what was going on for me personally in my like mid to late 20s, if you will. And I, so I'm from upstate New York. I had moved down to New York City, which is around where I went to school, but I hadn't lived there before. Both of my parents are from there. So I'm very used to New York, but I just hadn't moved. So I got a job and I moved and I was so pumped because I felt like my salary was so high and that I was making all of the money and I was acting like I was making all of the money and I was making it rain at brunches, at happy hours. Mm. I was living that very 20 something life in New York and it felt awesome until I looked at my bank account. Girl. (laughs) And I just didn't understand where my money was going because to me, I was making enough to be able to keep up with what I was doing um, socially and I I couldn't. So (laughs) I had a reckoning with my finances and that led me to have a conversation with a relative who just kind of like nudged me like, hey, Asia, you should just look into personal finance and just like read a little bit about it. And I started reading and consuming all of that content and I could not stop. So when I say this, I'm talking, I read finance books for like fun to just see like, hey, what's this person's perspective or like what's going on there? And as I got more comfortable, I started 
nudging my clients who would say something about money in session to like, let's dive deeper. And what I found is that people were feeling like I felt there was shame, there was guilt, there was feeling like you were doing the wrong thing with your money, that you're making all these mistakes and you could be better and you should be at this place. So it just really led me to um, really decide to niche down into financial therapy. And I got connected to a few associations um, that really helped kind of pave the way for my training, my education. And now I'm actually on the board of the Financial Therapy Association, which is really exciting because I'm like, we need to just keep this, keep this happening and do all this good work because people, there aren't enough people who look like us having these conversations. So mm, that's a word. I'm just pumped about it. And I'm like, we need to have more conversations about it. So whatever I can do, I'm trying to do it. Yes. No. And thank you for this work. Literally. Do you know how hard, like I looked for like, okay, financial wellness therapist, financial therapist. It's so hard. And like you said, there are not a lot of us in this space so and it's a very from what i've sort of read into it it's a very new uh field and subsect within broader therapy so it's good to you know that you to know that you are actively doing this work like it's it's great honestly um yeah thank you mm-hmm. so sort of you know following your journey um here on the boa do i know podcast you know part of this the conversations that we have here is sort of exploring moments of doubt moments of hesitation moments where we were kind of like well, what do i know about my financial wellness let alone to become you know to be on the board and now i'm teaching other people about their financial wellness you know so yeah. i want to know you know what those moments have looked like for you and how you sort of like overcame those moments if you have yeah um i'm going to be fully transparent because that's what i believe in honesty for ourselves and then transparency Mm. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to use the IS word and say imposter syndrome because it does come up for me and has frequently. So when I'm doing the clinical work, I feel very, very strong clinically. I have been doing this work for almost 15 years. I have seen a lot. I've heard a lot. I have been through a lot in my career and that gives me a level of confidence that I'm really grateful for. But what I felt kind of diving into financial therapy was just who gets to decide, like, is this okay that I'm saying this? Especially when I started getting more press and being in the media, I was just like, is this all right? Like, is this right? And starting to really question myself when that was a position I had never been in in the past Mm. to kind of question myself clinically and, and worry that I was saying um, off base things. And usually I'm not, but it was something about that extra title that really made me question it. And I mean, there's a ton of things that we can say what it means to be a black woman, what it means to be a leader in a space. Mm. What, like when you are doing things um, for the first time, sometimes it can be really scary and you feel like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah but I do, Mm -hmm. I just have to convince myself that I know what I'm talking about. So yes, there have been many occasions when I'm like, uh, is this all right? Do I know what I'm saying? But as long as I can ground myself in like Asia, not only have you been doing this work and clinical work for a very long time, but you've also lived some of the stuff that you're talking about. Yes, there it is. Right? Like that's the sweet spot. When you're talking about the shame that comes along with feeling like, hey, I wish there was more money in my account right now. I have been through that. 
Mm. Or, wow, they're saying that I need to have this much money saved up for retirement, and I don't. I have thought these things before, right? And as my financial education and my own financial circumstances have changed and evolved, I still remember those feelings. Mm, mm -hmm. I can go back to those feelings very, very quickly and speak to them from my own experience and connect with my clients about where they might be too. So it's not just grounded in like, yes, credentials are beautiful. They're very nice, but it's also about lived experience. That lived experience. And that's becoming a reoccurring theme, even when I have these conversations with, with especially Black women on this podcast. And I say, you know, how did you sort of get over those moments? A lot of it is I had to tell myself, not only do I have the credentials, or maybe even if I don't have the credentials, I have lived this, like lived experience counts for a lot, you know? So no, I, I completely, completely agree. Because even with this platform and all the things that we do and all the different hats we wear in life, it's like having to tell yourself like, listen, I've done this. I, I am here. I deserve to be here, you know? So um, I definitely, definitely feel you when you say and that. also that your experience and your opinion matters. Mm, yeah. Right? Like yeah. I think, especially with social media and seeing that, people have tons of followers or seeing that people are recognized as a thought leader, Mm -hmm. it can be easy to poo-poo how you feel about yourself if you don't have some of those things. And your opinion matters. And you're stating it from your standpoint, right? Mm. From your experience, from your standpoint, from your opinion. And that, that matters because somebody might be able to relate to exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow. Um, all right. Well, we just took it there. <laughs> Doesn't take long. With you, me. <laughs> I love it. But no, thank you for sharing that. And it's good to sort of, you know, hear and have that background to your standpoint and where you're coming from. And now, you know, for, for the reason that you're here, we're going to dive more into the money and relationships piece. But before we go any further, I just want to sort of give a disclaimer to listeners that, you know, this is a conversation. Asia is a therapist, but this is not to be treated as a session. This is just a conversation. Um, and, you know, this conversation, like all our other main segment conversations are meant to, it's an invitation for you to think deeper and have some reflection on certain dynamics that you may not have been aware of. So I just want to, you know, sort of put that disclaimer out there before we sort of move ahead. Also want to add that, you know, some of the dynamics and the stats that I might bring up that we may talk about you know, might pertain to more heterosexual or heteronormative relationships and dynamics, but we'll get into tips and, you know, methods that can sort of help that can serve different, um, you know, relationship types. So I just want to sort of, you know, put that in before we move ahead. But with that, Asia, so I want to know, what does it mean to be financially well? Like we hear a lot about wellness. Instagram tells us, you know, it's bubble baths. It's the girl, the ladies in the satin dresses running around, it's luxury. But you know, how do you know when you are financially well? I mean, I would say the first, the first idea is like, are you hitting your own financial goals? Mm. And are those goals based around stability? Okay. So I think if you're like, hey, my financial goal is to get that Louis purse, (laughs) go ahead. I love that goal for you. Right. But like, Are the other things in your life taken care of too? So that's why I add the stability piece to Mm -hmm. it. So if your basic needs are being met, so I'm talking about food, clothing, shelter, right? Are those things met? Do you have transportation to and from work or to and from school, the places that you need to 
that you're responsible for being at? Do you have that? So if your basic needs are being met, right, that's one. Mm -hmm. Two, your future you. I think it is very easy for us to forget about your future self because you're not there yet. Yeah. And you might spend your money today without thinking about future you Mm -hmm. and what is going to happen to your future self. I don't want you to feel bad in Mm. your future. I want you to feel good and taken care of. So you have to look at what you're doing presently and how it might impact your future self. So take care of your basic needs. One, looking at your future self, take care of that person. Number two, so that could mean saving, saving for something that could happen in three to six months, like an emergency fund, right? Or saving for retirement when you decide decades from now or years from now that you don't want to be working anymore and you want to be work optional. So saving for that future self. So looking at those goals. And then other than that, the extras might be part of those goals too, right? So financially well isn't just, I do all of the things that the guru say I should do with my money. Financial wellness is that you also get to enjoy your money. Please save it, do the right things by it in that way. Invest it, grow it, but also enjoy it. Money Mm. you should enjoy too. Yes. You know, it's so funny when you mentioned, you know, taking care of your future self. What I thought about is, you know, conversations I've had with myself, even with my friends, when we're either like paying off debt, we're paying off bills of things that we're looking back and we're like, no, why did I do that? Why did I buy that? Why did I buy that dress? And I've only worn it once and I've had it in my closet for like five years, you know? So why did I, you know, make this move instead of that? So I definitely... Definitely can relate to those, uh, those, you know, when you're reflecting back and you're like, oh man, shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Right. And also too, like, I think, especially when it comes to debt, you are paying for what you've done in the past. And that's the sad part, girl. It's like, especially if it's past, like if I'm paying for something that I've already done, like, why am I still here? (laughs) And did it make me happy? Was I like, so was I putting on that dress and like, yes. You are it mm-hmm. when you're wearing that dress. And I mean, I'm going to incline to say the answer is no, if you've only worn it once. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Okay. No, but I like that. Mm-hmm. I think this understanding of looking at, you know, taking care of your basic needs. I, th- I like that that's first because a lot of times we see financial well, financial wellness is either like a certain figure in your bank account or are you able to like flex and like you said before make it rain at brunches and like mm-hmm. you know going out often or be are you able to travel five times a year but it looks different depending on you know who we are and I like the idea of stability as well too because some people are traveling this year and the next year there are no funds so <laughs> so yeah right and listen like vacation is amazing I love that and I want people to take vacations but if your rent isn't paid because you're going to the Bahamas we need to realign our priorities. Yeah. <laughs> That's just stressful. Like, yeah. I'm trying to lower people's stress. That's just stressful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I had such a great time. Look at these pictures. Ooh, 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 ooh. But, like, now we're coming home and you have to worry about rent. Like, that's, yeah. I don't know. Mm-mm. Yeah. So then, okay. Factor in all that we just talked about, why, you know, in your opinion, why do you think that, you know, money can make? We won't say that it always makes, but why can it make navigating relationships, especially, you know, romantic relationships more complicated? Well, I mean, we know that money is one of the top reasons for divorce, unfortunately. Sadly. And we know that money has been really taboo. 
Mm-hmm. So talking about money, having conversations about money, it's kind of like a very, you want to keep it not just private, but secret. Yeah. You want to keep it like, oh, no, they don't need to know. It's none of their business. It's only my business. Mm-hmm. And that is true up until a certain point in your relationship where you might be getting more serious or looking at what your future might hold for the two of you, moving in, potentially getting married, having kids, right. those things. If you are looking towards getting to that place, you have to know what's going on mm. for the other person to some extent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the breakdown happens is that either people have difference, a difference in goals mm. or they're not communicating about their difference in goals. And yeah. it's okay if your goals aren't the same, but let's get on the same page about hey, how can you make that happen for you? How can I make that happen for me? And how can we together move forward at the same time? So I like the idea of, you know, talking about our goals instead of that togetherness piece. I also think, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to have this conversation on my platform is, I think that there are so many surface surface level conversations that are happening about money in terms of just what we expect maybe at the dating phase or what we expect our partner to make. Like a lot of the the bulk of the attention, especially on some of these other viral mainstream podcasts, if he ain't dropping this on me, I'm not entertaining it. If he's not making six figures, the one we love to throw around, younger millennials, mm-hmm. then I'm not entertaining it. So, you know, what are sort of some of the things that we can sort of be thinking about as we're sort of entering these romantic relationships and partnerships with regards to like my financial well-being, my expectation what do you expect mm-hmm. of me? You know, like what can that, what, what are some conversations that we can kind of be having as we're entering those phases? Yeah. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about this and it might be Girl, controversial, let, but let's I'm like, hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> right. I'm like, why? Like mm. you tell me exactly why it is very important for him to be making six figures. Right. And we're talking about certain couples. Ooh, Asia came. She's shaking right? the tables. <laughs> I'm like, Let's talk about why. Yeah. What do you want to be doing with that money? Is it a status for you? Does it make you feel better if your partner is making that much money? What if what if he isn't a good worker? Right? right? Like what if he's making six figures but he's late all the time, doesn't really care about work, is like sliding into work sloppy, but he's making six figures. Mm. Is that still okay? Do you want a hard worker? Do you want money? Like Let's dive down and get honest about why you want that. And I think Mm. what happens with money is so frequently we are trying to cope with our low self-esteem through dollars. Right. So Mm. let's be honest with ourselves. Why that number is important is it so that you can tell people, like, does it make you feel better if he's making that money? But see, I think, Asia, that's what it is, especially when you consider traditional constructs that we've sort of been socialized in you know you want to we we attach dominance to money we attach power to money we attach masculinity to money it's part of the reason why i'm going on tiktok and i'm seeing podcasts where people are saying if a woman makes you know six figures she's disqualifying herself from finding eligible men to to date and be partnered up with you know like Uh girl so that's why I'm like, no, 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 we need to talk about this. And I think that we need to start being honest about, is it the fear of poverty? You know, like we, I can understand it if you're, if you're saying, you know, hey, I am, I have this expectation because I want to alleviate the poverty in my family or, or for myself. Beautiful. 
I get Let's it. Let's be honest about it. I, I love that. I'm right, here for that. Right. Yeah. If, if we're trying I want to the security. Exactly. If we're trying to build generational wealth and it's, hey, I need a helpmate. I need someone that's where I'm at. I get it. But if we're kind of just tr- saying, you know, 100, 100K, 200K, 300K, and we also don't know the value and the amount of work that goes into these incomes and we're just, you know, then yep. uh, it's just empty conversations to me, you know? So. Right. Right. And then here's the second question. Like, what are your own goals for your income at that same point? Yeah. Now, if it is that you want to have babies and you want to be able to stay home with your babies full time, Mm. and that's why you want your partner to be able to make a certain level of income to be able to um, provide for the home while you are not working. That is a conversation that needs to happen. I understand. Like, listen, that makes total sense. Does your partner need to make six figures where you live mm. to make that happen? Yes. Maybe. No. It, right. You have to decide, right? Like, what are the actual financial implications of the money that you're thinking about? Like mm-hmm. that you you want it to look like. And and time implications, right? Like somebody is not paying anybody 300 plus K to not be working. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. And there's that offset. So do you want more time with the person or do you want more money from the person? And I think that that's something we also need to understand is we're not putting enough of a value on the time, the memories, the experiences, you know, than we are on money. So. Right. right. And it's, it's really, it's really, really important. Mm -hmm. And that other person's mental health, right? Right. Like, how is that other person handling the pressure mm. to, to do and to show up at work and to provide? Is this something that you two talked about as a couple? But if it is just for like showing, oh, my man makes six figures and this, he's doing this and he's doing that and this is great and I feel good because of that, then we need to start evaluating how, like, why you feel better because he's doing this. Right. Pride is amazing. I love that. I want you to be, have pride for your partner and what they're doing and what they're accomplishing. But um, not if it's just for the sake of your ego. Yes. Because the ego, girl. <laughs> Get you every time. <laughs> yes. So while I was sort of, you know, prepping for our episode, doing some reading, um, this is, you know, along the lines of what we just sort of talked about. But I want to get your thoughts on this particular um, stat. So an article by Fortune stated that, you know, although it's not surprising, it is disheartening that. You know, when it comes to heterosexual marriages where the wife earns more than the husband, these relationships are more likely to be marred with communication issues, resentment, infidelity, and then ultimately result in divorce. So, girl, please, just (laughs) thoughts because it. Right. It that just makes me sad because of I mean for so many layers and I'm going to try to touch on all of them mm-hmm. but I probably won't cuz it is just it's, so deep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When we think about like gender inequality, right? When yeah. we're talking about the gender pay gap. Mm-hmm. A woman could be doing the same job as a male and not be paid as much. Right. That that just doesn't sit right with my spirit. That mm-hmm. doesn't feel good to me. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. But Now we're talking about a penalty that if the woman is doing well, now she has to worry about potential breakdown in her relationship. And that doesn't, to me, doesn't have to deal with her. That has to deal with her partner. 
Mm. What's going on with her partner that this is now something that he wants to disqualify her for? He feels different. He feels weird. She's not this. She's not that. Like, what is going on with him? Right. And that's when I say a lot of this has to do with ego and self-esteem. Does it feel more manly because you are making more money? Mm -hmm. And that just sounds like toxic masculinity to me. We need to just redefine what masculinity means. Because you can be a hard worker, love your family, show up for your family in every way that you possibly can, Mm -hmm. and, and do all of that and be making less money. Right. And want to be with your family. Right. And want to to pour in more to your family and support your family. And women doing all of those things, right? And there are benefits, I'm sure, that her husband would be getting as she is killing it mm-hmm. at work. Mm-hmm. Do you, you don't want those benefits? Why don't you want to support her? I, don't, I, I just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And if I had a client sitting in front of me and he's like, you know, Asia... My wife makes more than me, mm. and I just feel really bad. I would be like, I hear you, but let's talk about why it feels bad. Right. What are the messages that you have received that says you are less than because your wife makes more money than you? Why are we internalizing these negative, toxic masculinity messages that says that you are less than because your wife is a bomb ass? Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Like, right. why, why? Mm-hmm. doesn't that make you feel so good that she loves you, that she wants to be with you, that you two are here supporting one another? And I hope that these women are too supporting their men as well. So and- that's what I was going to get at is. other side of it is and this is just you know we're here to have conversations to to make people think exactly is i wonder if there's also an increase in the ego from the woman's side if slash when she starts to make more does it then flip you know what i mean like i i wonder if that's where you know the communication issues come and then maybe resentment because not being PC, I'm just going to be real with you. I've had conversations and I've had to interrogate this within myself. Like I've had conversations with my friends where we're like, yo, but do we really want to be making more in the household? Like, you know, and, and we've had to like interrogate, well, like, why does that feel weird for you? If, if you're, if you're making more, if your if your partner is working hard in his, you know, in his industry and he's killing it and bringing home what he's bringing home, then why does it feel weird? Like, is it so that you can flex in a group chat with your girls and like, my man, my man, my man. Like, so I've had right. to interrogate that as well because I feel like the same things that we sort of complain about or talk about when it's on the, when it's the man that's, you know, sort of out there and spending less time. I just, in the household, I just wonder if, if it flips or if there are some sort of yeah. similar things that take place when it is the woman making more, you know? So, yeah. And I think a lot of it is judgment too, mm. right? Like mm-hmm. the way people love to judge other people. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody's got opinions about what somebody else is doing right. in your house, you know? So 
And that might be the case. Like, I think self-esteem is always going to come up. Always. Like, I don't care who's making more, um, what partner's making more money. Self-esteem is always going to be a big deal. And communication breaks down no matter what, if you two are not communicating. Right. So it doesn't matter who's making what, who's making this. You two could be at the same exact level and and not be communicating. And still have issues. Yep. And still have issues. So it's not the money Mm. that is the problem. the money problems might come up first, right? Because you feel them. Oh gosh, I'm stressed. We we can't make the mortgage or you spent too much or you did that or we're not on a budget. What's going on? Whatever it may be, right? We can think of thousands of different examples, but the stress that comes with the money part can mm. can come first. But after that, it's all of the emotion. Right. And a lot of times money problems are really emotion problems Mm, and how we feel and how we're coping. And that's why I say like a lot of times you cope using money, but you're coping with something else that it doesn't involve the money. You're coping with the low self-esteem. You're coping with feeling bad about past um, Mm. mistakes. You're coping with trying to move forward from living a life where there was poverty. You're coping with that using money, but the issue is all the other things. It's not the money. Right. Okay. That's a really good point. Like using the money to sort of cope. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So I I have a listener question and then we're sort of going to get into some tips and um, and methods. So this listener is wondering, you know, what considerations can be had when it comes to significant wage gaps? Because, you know, if, if one person is making... 300k and one person is making 60 70k i assume that some conversations need to be had about you know the dynamics like who's paying for what dates and then as we move forward into joining our finances like what does that look like if we decide to even join our finances mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you can never communicate <laughs> too much <laughs> um i I'm always a proponent of have the conversations, have them early, have them often. Honesty, transparency are going to be really important. So if you know that you're dating because you want to be getting married, right? And we all, we all kind of know like, oh, the goal is to get married. I'm looking, I'm out there. I'm trying to find my one person, what that might look like. That might mean that you want to just be honest with like what feels right for you. So it might not be Let's talk numbers right away, but you should do that eventually. Mm-hmm. But it might be, hey, I I do want to have joint accounts if I am married to somebody. Or what does it look like splitting bills if we move in together? Or just kind of starting to feel each other out from what kind of values and priorities do you hold around your money? Mm. So then you can say like, is this something that we're aligned in? Does it it feel uncomfortable? Is there room for more communication about it? Just starting to get honest with like what you want. And of course, this does not need to be on the first date. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Take your time, get into it. But as your relationship evolves, you have to talk to each other and be honest about what you want. Mm. Um, in your relationship and what works for both of you and how you both would feel comfortable. And I don't think that we do that enough. And we just kind of expect it to work out somehow magically because we're married, because we've been taught, oh, you get married and you're so in love and, you know, love will provide. I mean, (laughs) yeah, but like, we also need to make sure that like the bills are paid. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay. So 
sort of so communication on sort of expectations on who's yeah i think that's very important for if there are you know significant wage gaps for sure um yeah. and what feels good you know yeah and honesty and transparency <laughs> yep honesty and transparency mm-hmm. meant to that <laughs> um okay so yeah i want to sort of i guess segue that into some more like tools and methods that can sort of help us to determine if we are financially aligned with our partner so, I mean, your biggest tool is right here, right here, your mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Talk about it, right? And I know I have already said communicate, but like have the conversation. So if it's like, hey, how much debt are you in or do you have any debt? Again, these are conversations for when you have built a trusting relationship with this person right. not on your first date. Mm-hmm. Um, you can if you want to, but, you know, that's that's. Might that's be scaring some people off. Yes. Yeah, that might be. <laughs> it's pretty intimate. So having the conversation about like your debt might be the first stage. Lifestyle. Do you want to rent? Do you want to eventually buy a home? Mm. Where might you want to live? Do you want to be close to the city? Do you want to be in the city? Do you want to stay? Go back to where you were born. Um, some of those things, which are financial, but are really just like where your values right. are based too. Right? Do you want to be in the country? Do you want land? Mm. Um, or do you want like your like like city living and what that might look like? Apartment, houses. So having the conversation about lifestyle, I think, is gonna be really important. And that can also include travel too. Is travel really important to you? Because that's where your funds are gonna have to go to. I cannot tell you, please have a conversation about children. Have a conversation about children before you get married, before you get engaged. I tell my couples, talk about money and talk about children. That's it. Talk about money and talk about children. Yes. Right? Yes. Please. (laughs) So, So that you know and do not expect that you're convincing anybody to do something that they're telling you that they're not interested in. Mm, That's a word. That's a word. That's a word because. Asia, how many times have we watched these love and dating reality shows and they were coasting, they were fine. And all of a sudden in like year four of the relationship, one person wants children and one person is like, oh, no, I never wanted children or I want to rent. And this person's like, no, I actually want to move back home and live in my hometown. It's like, uh, (laughs) what do we do then? That's that's the big things, right? The big things make sure you're aligned. So transparency with debt transparency with lifestyle. How do you want to live? Where do you want that to be? Yeah. Transparency on potentially buying, transparency on children, Mm -hmm. right? Having these questions will let you know if you two are aligned (laughs) on some of the things. Right. And then to our earlier point, like looking at what happens once there are children, do you want to be a dual income house? Do you want to be a single income house? Do you want to be working outside of the home or not? Mm -hmm. That's going to be really important up front because then you as a couple and as a family unit can prepare for what that might look like. So if you have these kind of, they are big conversations. And like I said, I'm not expecting you to have them very early, Mm -hmm. but I am expecting you to have them. You have to have them. Yeah. No, that's real. That's real. And Okay, so if we're having these discussions and these conversations, right, and and let's say we're noticing that one person has significantly more debt than another person, than the than the other partner, or you know, 
one person is well on their way in terms of saving to, you know, acquire property and the other person is maybe still finishing up school and it's still in debt. Does that mean that there's a misalignment and we need to call it quits? Or is that something that we can kind of work through? I mean, I think it's something I'm always going to be here for people being able to work through things. Yeah. But it might mean that you have to compromise at some point. If you are saying, hey, I'm saving for this house, I'm buying a house in three years, whether you like it or not, that doesn't sound like a compromise to me. But if you're saying, hey, I would really love to buy a house, I've saved a lot of money, I know you're in school right now, so you might not have the funds to do that, but let's let's figure out what we might be able to do together once you're out of school to start saving towards this goal together. Is that something that you want to? Okay. And come together. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really easy to just say, you have a ton of debt. We're not aligned. For somebody, they might not be aligned with that. And you have to decide, are you willing to end your relationship over this person having debt and you not having debt or what? Or can you come together and say, this is what our joint financial goal is. Um, I want to get there together. Or Mm. you're going to be responsible for your debt, but I might help in other ways while you were trying to really throw a ton of money at that debt or is it just that debt is yours and see you later. (laughs) And that's okay too, as long as you both are okay with what's happening. This is about compromising and being on the same page. Mm -hmm. If you are consistently uncomfortable with a choice that your partner is making, that might mean that you're not aligned and you need to have a conversation about how do we get on the same page about what we're gonna do. Okay. Are we able to get on the same page? Right. Okay. Asia, you are, you're preaching. The tips are flowing. I promise you I'm going to be taking notes while I'm editing. Like, okay, talk <laughs> about money and children. Okay, got it. Please. Oh my goodness. Those are the two things. I always tell my couples, I'm like, have you talked about money? Have you talked about children? Even when I'm seeing my individuals, always, always, always. Because it's real. It's like you said, it's terrible when you see somebody who has poured themselves into a relationship on either side. Yeah. And then you cannot get past that impasse of, I, I don't want kids or no, this is what I want my money situation to look like. And yeah. people really struggle with that. And I have also said before, and I will say it again, have a conversation about a prenup. People Ooh. think like, oh, you don't really love me. Mm-hmm. You don't okay, love let's me. get into you that because- Let's mm-hmm. let's get into that. Yes, actually. So do you recommend that for everyone, regardless of scenarios? Have a conversation. Okay. Yep. You, d- you two decide what's right for you as a couple, mm-hmm. but have the conversation about what do your assets look like? What assets right. you might be growing while you were in the relationship? And if it feels right for both of you to enter into a prenuptial agreement. And I think it's really difficult because the way prenums have been branded, it's like, Oh, they're only for rich people and right. somebody doesn't want to give their money to this person and their per- No. It's really just saying, I want to make sure I'm okay and I want to make sure you are okay if this doesn't work. Right. You're not setting yourself up for disaster, mm-hmm. right? You're not saying that you're not putting bad karma out there. You're just saying, hey, I want us both to be okay. It should this, doesn't work you know, out. have to be dissolved. Exactly. Exactly. Right. A lot of women end up in poverty mm. after divorce, after um, a spouse has passed away. And that's not necessarily about prenups, but it's just about what happens financially to women, especially black women, if their relationships don't work out. Right. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up. That's something that like, mm-hmm. you know, 
I didn't yeah. even think about, but that's a really good point. That's a good point. Yeah. And what I'm in, honestly enjoying about this conversation is that we have moved it from, you know, in the beginning we were talking, you know, money and the numbers, but we have moved from just the number to, okay, what are the big picture goals and how can we then use togetherness language to get us there, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's what this is what this is all about. There may be things that you don't want to always share with your partner, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to big life decisions that are going to impact both of you, you need to be talking about it. Like right. there shouldn't be things that you're like, mm, I'm secretly going to go buy that beach house without that person knowing. Yo, like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> what? That's not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> At least the way I am looking at marriage and defining it, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And as somebody, as a woman who is the breadwinner in her house, right. I couldn't be with my husband if he wasn't going to support what I'm trying to do. Right. And he will say it up and down. He's like, listen, I'm not trying to be somebody's CEO, somebody's president. That's not what I want. I'm happy to be your VP. Right. Like, go ahead, boo. Yeah, you, you do this. I'm going to hold it down. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love to see it. Okay. <laughs> right. And listen, when he's living his best life, <laughs> because I can afford to make it rain and yes. he's looking smooth, <laughs> I'm going to be like, look at my man. Yes. Right? I'm going to be, look what I feel so good. I'm so happy you feel good. Right. Look at us feeling good together. Mm-hmm. We feel awesome together. Yeah. And that's what we all should want for each other. No, for sure. Oh, wow. No, Asia, this is just, oh, I'm loving this conversation. (laughs) Um, So I guess, you know, just to sort of end off this this segment of our conversation, um, I'm wondering, so I want to get into language when we have these Mm -hmm. conversations. Like what, what does, what do these healthy conversations look like in terms of the language that we use, even when we're maybe having arguments about money? And what can financial goal setting together, you know, in this partnership look like? Yep. So I'm going to highlight I statements for language. Mm. I want, I need, I value, I prioritize, I feel. Mm. It is about you. You are not here to throw daggers at the other person. Oh, you should, you could have, you, 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 you. No, 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 no. We're talking about you. What's coming up for you? Right. I feel worried when you spend all your money, whatever, shopping. Mm -hmm. I am concerned. Like This is bringing me back to my past of financial instability, and it makes me scared, and it makes me worried. Right. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. That's a lot easier than I am popping off mad at you because you spent all of this money, and now you're just you're just being defensive and kind of like coming. Now we're just like fighting for no reason and arguing. Mm. No, 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 no. Right. I statement. This is what's important to me. This is what's going on for me. That helps the communication. Yeah. um, And it helps open up the communication for, for a back and forth. Yes. Okay. That's like a big one. Um, Try not to be judgmental and like place, what they may value as like something that is devalued by you. Mm. So if you don't value, you know, you can pick anything, honestly. Like the fact that this person has a new cell phone. Okay. You're like, listen, you can go years without a new cell phone. Mm -hmm. But the other person's like, no, but like, this is really important to me. I really like technology. I'm doing all these things on my phone. I'm creating this content on my phone. I need the camera. I'm doing this work, whatever it might be. Um, Have a conversation about what that might look like for your finances together. Okay. Okay. You value technology. I value this. 
Let's make sure that we are saving X amount of money and throwing it in an account somewhere so that anytime an iPhone comes out, you already have that money saved. It's away. We're not worrying about it. So go ahead, get your phone because you did that. I'm going to be over here with my little bucket of savings that I did. And it, when I say this, it doesn't have to be individual. It doesn't have to be in a secret account or your individual account. It can be there, but it can also be in a joint savings account. Right. And you can keep a tally in whatever way that you want, whether your bank does it or you have an Excel sheet or however, whatever system works for you. Mm-hmm. But so that you can both meet your goals together without it feeling like you got your goal, but I didn't get my goal. And what are our goals together? Yeah. No. Everybody coming up is a good thing. Mm, Yes, everybody coming up is a good thing. Wow, Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, honestly, that's a a good way to sort of wrap up this segment, Asia. Thank you so much for this conversation. I, I love it. I love that it wasn't just about money. This is exactly what I sort of wanted for the listeners, and I'm excited for people to hear this. Um, But you know, we are not done yet. You know, we like to end off our episode on a lighter note, so. You know, I want to get to know a little bit more about Asia. And so I'm going to ask you, you know, four fun questions. And without thinking too hard, I just want to know the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So being that, you know, we're talking all about money, financial wellness. Would you rather have more money or more time? Ooh. So that's, I mean, that's a great question. You know what is so nice? I'm like, my immediate response was more time. I love that. Okay, good, good. My immediate, like, and I was like, really? But don't you want more money with that more time? (laughs) But you know, you get more money. Really, you can make you. I mean, you get more time. You can make more money if you choose to. And I—that's really what I thought. I was like, more time. Immediate response. More time. I love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. The perfect weekend or time off is spent. Ooh, a mixture of time, like with my family. Okay. Just with my husband and just by myself. Oh, I love that. And I love that you did. You really have pockets for it. I really like that. With family. Yeah, I wanted time for us to do something, all of us together. Yeah. Just me and him, whether it's a date or something else, just something that we're doing together. And then I want to do something by myself and time for myself. I love that. That's really good. Okay, next one. If you had to delete all except for three apps on your phone, what apps are we keeping? good. Um, hmm. I am going to keep email. I'm going to keep weather. Mm -hmm. And oh, that's a great, this is a great question. (laughs) I'm glad you think so. So email, weather, and one more. And one more. You know, some my heart right now is like, do I want a social media app? I'm like, girl, no. Right. What a time suck. There's so many other things you could be doing. Right. I, I mean, the internet, access to the internet, okay. like Safari or Chrome, whatever you yeah, use. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So email, weather, internet. Okay. That's good. Those are three mm-hmm. like I good can communicate. Sp- I can get the information and I know how to prepare to be outside. <laughs> okay. Strategic. I like it. I really like it. Um, okay, finally, um, honestly, these days, this isn't even a lot of money anymore, but I want to know what you would do with a million dollars. Ooh, I what I think about this question all what? the time. This is like <laughs> okay. how my finance brain works. I think about it all the time. A million dollars, I would pay off like my house and any all my student loans, like whatever debt that I had yeah. is gone, 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 gone. Okay. I would put money, save it for um, my kids okay. for college. 
I would save a very large chunk of money for my own retirement. As you should. And then I would look at, yeah, right. (laughs) Then I would just make sure that um, my brother is completely debt free and that he's good. My mom, which I think he is, but just in case. Just in case. Um, And that my mom like has enough in retirement and Mm. is good. But yeah. And then I would go on a bomb ass vacation. Uh, Girl. Yes. Yes. Wow. I like that. And I would get a whole new wardrobe. Okay, I like that. And I don't need fancy wardrobe. It does not need to be like, like the Gucci Louis. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't need it. I'm talking like just like some quality pieces that are good yeah. and some pieces. Yep. Okay. That was, I like that. Very strategic. I remember like I asked these people, it's interesting to kind of see how I ask these questions to different guests and stuff. And it's nice to see how mm-hmm. people sort of think about money. And some people are like, oh, I would buy a house. Or I'll pay off my debt. So the way you were able to stretch a million dollars, girl, you. you Okay. I've been thinking about it. Listen, I got the whole numbers. I, I've been thinking. This is what I do for fun when I can't fall asleep. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. It's what I do when I'm like, I can't fall. I can't fall asleep. What would I do if this much money just came to me? Where would I, what right. would I do? Invest? Mm-hmm. Do this, do that? Mm-hmm. But really, I think it just says where my values are. Yes, I want to take care of my yeah. family. I want to make sure our future selves are okay. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Asia. Those are all the questions I have for you. Honestly, I really appreciate you, you know, coming by and having this conversation with me. I hope that we get to more to have more conversations because this has been great. Like, I really enjoyed this. So thank you so much. (laughs) Good. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Thank you. So before I let you go, you know, just drop your socials, your website, how people can, you know, connect and work with you. Yeah. Come find me on the social Asia E-Therapy Asia, A-J-A, E-Therapy, TikTok, um, IG. I'm also on LinkedIn. And my website is asiaevanscounseling.com. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for being on the podcast again, Asia. Appreciate you. Right, so we are at the end of this episode. Thank you all for tuning in and for listening to my conversation with Asia, talking all things money, relationships, and why when money gets involved, it often makes navigating our relationships a little bit more complicated. Hope you all enjoyed this conversation. As always, if you want to, you know, engage with us, give us your thoughts on the episode, make sure you do so at BWDIK Podcast on Instagram or TikTok. Make sure you're sharing the podcast with anyone you feel will enjoy this content. And as always, stay safe, mind the business that pays you, and you all will hear from me real soon.